Tēne Wirangi Kohu Morgan welcomes visitors to the opening night of an exhibition at Meteor Theatre in Hamilton as part of the Toi Wahine Festival. The Right to Speak, curated by Regan Bowser, features the work of Waikato-based artists, all of whom are women. The idea came about when she heard of a story about the courageous stance taken by three Tiarawa women. Some people didn't agree that uh, women should be standing on the marae to represent the iwi. So the painting that I eventually created uh, was in response and was to really illustrate this, this kōrero that I had heard. Hine Wirangi Kohu Morgan works with gourds or hue. She also makes taonga puro as her tools to heal and overcome trauma. I have grown up with the growing of, of hue, gourds. They've been my, the love of my life since watching it as a child grow on my Uncle Teddy's fence line and watching these beautiful, very feminine, lovely, round, voluptuous hue growing. And we hear from Patrick Salmon, who is at the exhibition supporting his teacher, or kayako, Faya Hinewirangi. But he's fascinated by heru, ornamental combs. In our family, we use them traditionally to give to our first-time mothers or um, our whānau, wear them at Tangihana to keep their mindset in a place of um, grace and positivity. The artwork is an interpretation of the kaupapa, Toi Wahine. Each piece has its own story. A kite or basket piece by Jules Nonoa highlights her own struggle of self-doubt. And for Margaret All, her art is always a reflection of her heritage. Welcome back to Tiahika, our weekly Kopapa Māori series here on RNZ National. I'm Justin Murray. Tonight we're in Kirikiriroa, Hamilton, in this series, Toy. Hinewirangi Kohu Morgan was brought up in Nuhaka with links to Ngāti Kahunganu and Tauranga Moana. Her work in helping survivors of sexual assault and abuse through the kaupapa of taonga puro, or Māori instruments, has been at the heart of her work with men and women for 20 years. But Hinewirangi calls herself a storyteller. She's also a poet, an artist and taonga puro practitioner. And I have always loved the hue and, and right now at the moment I'm actually doing my masters in the indigenous knowledge and it is around the traditional use of hue and doing rangahau to to find out 
all the writings, the writing is very scarce, and uh, I don't want for our tupuna knowledge to be lost in that way. So I'm writing and I'm carving, and I've been carving for a long, long time. I teach seven other students, and I do all of those things. So I really have a love for our hue, and and want to preserve it for the future. So you actually carve the hue. I carve the hui out of carve. Actually, I'm a pūrako. I'm a I'm a storyteller, and I tell it through the medium of the story on the on the hui. So there's a story about an ancient story of of creation, an ancient story of of the, the roles of wahine and with pito whenua, with a number of other, when our wahine used to put them when they, in their ikura or their moon time, all their moss would be in a hue and being able to, to bear it. So there, in the whare tongata, there is a huge, huge use, traditional use of hue, and it was the most used thing. And not only that, in the research I've found that it's also the most ancient and the most prehistoric plant that we still hold. And it's so amazing eh, that I can be part of recording that, but in a more practical sense of how did we use it, like hue manu, where we preserved the bird, the tui, the kereru inside. You know, you you hear even in story, in Pātere, you hear Peite Hurinui Jones talks about Nawaieroa, and when she married Pōtato Te Whero she was criticised by Kukutai for not having a huahua. A huahua, in fact, was a, a, a hue manu. So she sent the call out, her hunters got money, and it took eight of them to carry the huahua, which was sloshing from side to side in the henu. And the pātere talks about that. At Huria, we have another story of kupe on the maihi of our whare. Yes. And you see all those hue up there when kupe captures muturangi. Hey, you got huge stories, but you don't have something written so that our people can grow, our people can learn the uses, our people can reuse those things and be more natural than to be in a world of plastic. Mm. You mentioned the kupu hua hua just before. What, what is hua hua? The hua hua is, was a container. Oh, a container. The container where the henu and the birds were preserved in it, but it's, it's the hue, it's a hue. Oh, it's a gourd. It's a that's just a vessel where they preserve the birds and they stand on a tripod, and it is a prestigious in any king's table. And so when Bordeaux and Waiero didn't have one, Kukutai tells it the prestigiousness is in your birds, and you can capture that story when you build yourself. A, you know, you can put your titi in there. Hey, you can preserve your titi in there for as long as. More from Hinewirangi later on. Regan Bowser began work on her piece, Tetsu Ate Wahine, a few years ago. The original name, Te Kōkuri, is a painting that represents the spirit and tenacity of three Tarawa women who were given permission to speak inside the Farenui or meeting house, Tamate Kapua. But the occasion turned sour and protest broke out. The meeting held in the early 1990s centred on the fiscal envelope, a controversial proposal by the then government to put a financial cap on all future treaty settlements. 
Regan explains how the narrative of these three brave Tiarawa women who chose to speak up inspired the exhibition's name, The Right to Speak. Kia ora, ko Regan Bowser tōku ingoa nō Tiarawa nō Ngāti Ranginui, um, ko Tuharangi ki te Taitaha, ko Ngāti Hangarau ki te Ratutaha. So I'm from Tauranga Moana, but uh, raised in Rotorua, born in Tiawamutu, and currently living in Kirikirirua, Hamilton. The name was actually inspired by a uh, kōrero I was given by my auntie, who... Um, who spent a lot of time with a kaumatua called Korohiko Hohepa. One of the key key uh, things that Hiko Hohepa used to say to her was that um, there was a time when Wahine and Tearoa did speak on the marae. Um, they had their own type of whaikōrero, and uh, according to him, uh, they would often stand at times to talk about issues that pertained to them, uh, to wahine, to pepe, to whānau. Of course, nowadays that doesn't happen. She also t- told me about a story when there were three women who, um, who were given the mandate to speak on behalf of the iwi in a marae. Korohiko was one of the kaumātua who had gone to Ngapu Manoe Waru, to the different leaders around Tarawa and um, got the agreements that these women stand. But when it came to the day uh, when they were talking to the, to the Crown, there was a bit of disagreement and some protest because uh, some people didn't agree that uh, women should be standing on the marae to represent the iwi. So the painting that I eventually created uh, was in response and was to really illustrate this this kōrero that I had heard. So on the exhibition opening night, you had one of the uh, wahine that's represented in your art, of course, um, that was Sandy Morrison. Yes. So um, she came and shared her story. So it was quite interesting actually even finding out who these women were because it was not written in any material. Uh, I actually had to find out the the woman from people who thought it might have been, so I had to ask around. And then finally Sandy said, yes, that was me. I was one of those women, and the event was the fiscal envelope. Mm. And um, Te were discussing with the Crown uh, the fiscal envelope. So um, Sandy Morrison was one of them, Uh, Rhea Rangihewa and... Annette Sykes were the three women chosen to speak on behalf of the iwi. And um, it's quite interesting because Sandy, she was, because she's recently um, lost a daughter, Tale Morrison, and, um, you know, a lot of, we, we all love Tale and the amazing things that she, she achieved while she was with us. For her, remembering back to this event as well and the fact that um, other people remembered it and it was actually a momentous time uh, to be remembered in terms of of what happened for the iwi but also for um, wahine. Fantastic, Regan. So, of course, you're the artist behind this piece, which is Tetsu Ate Wahine. The painter's called Tetsu Ate Wahine, but uh, Te Haukokori is the word used to describe te whaikakorero te wahine. 
and it's been beautiful because uh, the women who were selected to come on this show have a long history in uh, the arts and are known for their quality product but also the kaupapa and the um, kōrero that goes within their, their mm. art pieces. So we have a selection um, of installation yes. through to acrylic and water paints to weaving to a carver even. Uh, well, actually, the installation piece is also carved. Uh, yeah, so uh, photography, printmaking. So there's a wide range of artworks here. And just to be able to bring a community of artists together uh, in such a wonderful space as this at the Meteor in Hamilton is, um, yeah, is, is powerful. Yeah, I mean, ideally it would be great as a touring show. That, but for now, um, if you want to see the works, you really need to get down quickly. Kia ora, Regan Bowser. Artist Jules Nonua from Te Whanua Apunui created a long kite or basket. She loves to weave with muka. Her own self-doubt played into the narrative of her work, only for her to understand how her whakapapa and her ancestors have actually forged a pathway for her creativity to flow. Did you grow up around creative people? Um, creative people, yes, in lots of ways, shapes or forms, right down to cooking as being an art for my mum, uh, metal for my father. Um, but it was a way to express who you were and it's also, for me, my main self-care. It's about looking after myself. If I can't weave well, I'm not in a good space. So it's a healing Absolutely, mechanism. it's a healing for me. Um, for my mahi in everyday life, my raranga is my self-care. There must be a place for it, otherwise I'm not balanced. Who taught you? Age-old, lots and lots of people. Started when I was 14, I wove a tanical belt that my, it's been handed to my nephew now. Um, however, formally, more to speak, from Tuanangu Aotearoa, true to my degree, uh, but always learning, always learning. Everyone I meet has something to teach. So in terms of raranga and what you weave, is it mostly kete, um, other okay, I things? do a mix of kite of green weaving, kite whakairoa, and um, I have a natural affinity to muka. I love working with the muka, not necessarily in kākahu or kurawai, but just in muka in general. So Jules, tell us a bit about the piece that you spoke about during the opening ceremony. Came from my initial freak out, really, of being asked um, to participate. Uh, and the first question which came to mind was, Who was I to participate in an exhibition like this? And instead of taking it on and freaking it, I just um, created the space for me to create and trusted that the process would take care of itself and the story would come from it. And as I started creating, the patterns that have come through for me were about um, supports, about afi, about tupuna, and answered my question of who was I to create. Well, the answer is quite simply, those before me defined my space to be me. Was that a process, though, to come out of that space? Of I suppose if I looked at it, it would be a process. However, it's more for me about a state of being. It's just about having faith and letting it come. Not forcing it, not trying to do, 
or fit criteria or think too hard, but just to trust the process and it will happen. Kia ora, Jules Monoa. Margaret All is Tuwharetoa, Te Rarawa and Fijian. Her art reflects her culture. She works at the New Zealand Māori Arts and Crafts Institute in Rotorua and has contributed to shows put on by collectives. She's presented her own solo work and travelled extensively presenting her research. She graduated in 2007 from Wintech with a degree in media arts and attended the Whitecliffe School of Art and Design and graduated with a Master's of Fine Arts. Here, Margaret talks about her recent work. I think that anyone that is creative, that anyone that is, um, uh, makes work, it's always about an investigation around identity um, and cultures and your understanding of the world. And I think um, for me in particular, it's always a way to navigate my worldview, uh, my understanding of what I'm doing, where I'm heading to. So, yeah, culture, my, both, both my cultures mean a lot to me, yeah, in my practice. So I'm a curator at New Zealand Māori Arts and Crafts Institute. Oh, in Rotorua. Yeah, Rotorua, yeah. So I'm based in Te Aumatu here. Um, and a lot of my peers and who you see in the show, uh, I've had a um, long relationship with in terms of our practice. I think as artists, we need to support each other in these forums. Um, and so for me, uh, going to mahi um, is still in Ngā Mahi Toi and promoting that. On the other side is being an artist and um, and help supporting these types of kaupapa, but also keeping in contact with um, our artists, and in particular this kaupapa, wahine. So Margaret, what piece have you got in this exhibition? It's a little bit packed at the moment because it's opening night. Um, so my my um, background, I like to think that I'm a, I'm a painter. <laughs> we have an idea of what we are, but really what comes out is a different that's story. that's the only medium you do? Yeah, painting and installation. So um, I spent my um, years as a curator uh, for Wānanga and studied while I was there. Um, and developed their collection and studied under Whitecliffe um, for my master's. So Whitecliffe is um, an institution in Auckland that I um, that I spent time with. So a lot of my work has shifted from just 2D into 3D. So um, this year I'm heading over to a Biennale in Morocco. Uh, there's five Pacific women artists that are representing Aotearoa. And so... Um, this work is really just a, a good starter as I head into that body of work, which yes. is, I've only got two months to do. How many pieces do you have to create for Morocco? Um, one body of work, yeah, so it's just a matter of uh, identifying what the kaupapa is. Um, for a lot of us, <clears throat> so the five Pacific artists that we have, when I say Pacific, Māori are part of the Pacific, um, we have uh, Tonga, PNG, Samoa, me, Māori Fijian, um, and Māori Cook Island represented. So a lot of us have practices that are tamoko, video installation. Um, for me, I'm a bit of installation painting. So the work that I've, long story short, mahi that I have here is a painting. It's a circular piece as you walk through the door. Tahoe toku mama ko toku kui no 
ki a ngā whakapau karakia, tāhua o tōku karaua no te wharetua. Kuno ka hau te papakainga, ai te tāhua tōku pāpa no Fiji. Kia ora, Margaret Orr. Can I live, can I live, can I afford to Back to Hinewirangi Kohu Morgan, who we heard at the start of the show. She has one piece in the exhibition, a carved gourd or a hue. This piece is called Hue Ho'oponopono. It's inspired by a Hawaiian Auli'i Mitchell. Auli'i told me stories when I, because he's one of the experts of Hue in Hawaii, and he told me a story when he was a child of his first ever contact with the Hue was when he saw his tutu wahine, his grandma, and you know she was a healer and she was a counsellor. When people had pilikia or raru raru, they would come to her. And she had this hue, he said, on the table. He was only a little boy. It was huge, and it, it showed, red shows showed through the, the skin. It shone on the bottom, but it was light on the top. And when she lifted the lid, there were crystals. And the people would talk their raru with her, and talk and talk and talk, and she would just... There was no no language. It was just this hue and them. And they would talk over them. And then when the talking was done, she put the lid back on and said, nothing was said. It was like the crystals inside actually soaked all the raru. And then when they're gone, she puts the light on to cleanse the crystals. And that's why the light's on at the moment, because if there's any people with raru around, it'll pick them up. So I have to keep the light on to bounce that, to bounce that, you know, raru away. So that's what this is. It's a, it's a piece called Hue Ho'oponopono. It's a Hawaiian name. Ho'oponopono is to make right. Whakapono. Patrick Salmon is a student of Hinewirangi. He's also learning about the intricacies of carving a hui or a gourd. But he's also undertaking research into the heru, which is the name of the ornamental comb used to fasten long hair, worn by both men and women. Here, Patrick explains the narrative and historical context of wearing a heru. Ko pūtai waki te manga, ko rangitaki te awa, ko mātātua te waka, ko Nāti awa tōku iwi, uh, ko Patrick Salmon tōku ingwa. Um, however, I reside here in the beautiful Waikato Hamilton, um, and yeah, I've come along tonight to come and have a look at uh, these beautiful women and their amazing work that they've done, and also to support my kayako uh, teacher, um, Hene Wirangi Kohumokan. And um, the night is going great. You talked about, um, in terms of who you are, you talked about heru or hair combs. Can you explain more about that and how it resonates with you in terms of your art? Yes, so um, I've learnt the art of hue through Hene Wirangi Kohu Morgan. Uh, I gravitated towards heru. Um, immediately, I've always, because I'm a makeup artist and also hairstylist by trade. So aesthetics is quite. Yes, I, I've, I've, I, I was able to fuse both passions together um, a traditional art form with a current sort of take on it. And um, I designed these heru 
Uh, the philosophy behind Hedu uh, is that when mum is pregnant um, at the time, she's growing a vessel, so it's not so much a person at the moment, but then the spirit comes and occupies the vessel, or you come and occupy the vessel inside your mother's womb through the spiritual gateway, which is the fontanelle, the, the soft spot on top of the baby's head. Hedu sit there as guardians of that gateway, and it's around expelling negative thoughts. Or In our family, we use them traditionally to give to our first-time mothers or um, our whānau, we them at Tangihana, to keep their mindset in a place of um, grace and positivity. So. Is there much rangahau research out there in terms of this, or is it kōrero awaha? It is just what I've been taught from my pakeke um, and what they were taught by theirs. So um, there isn't a lot of resource out there around the actual um, intention, uh, whakapapa or history of hedu specifically, but I'm working on that. Do you make hedu bone, wood? Uh... I specifically uh, design hedu and make hedu out of hue. And currently I am the only one in the world at the moment that actually makes hedu from hue. Patrick Salmon and earlier we heard from Regan Bowser, Hene Wirangi Kohu Morgan, Jules Nornoa and Margaret All. You'll find extra information at our website rnz.co.nz forward slash tiahika. Kuena tā tātou nei kōrero mō tēnei wā ko te waiatahei whakakapi te hōtaka nei. Uh, ko Rob Ruha me tana waiata witsi me te waina. Rob Ruha ends this week's show with his track Witsi Mete Waina from his album Survivance. Atsu iterohe o kiri kiri rua ko Justin Murray tēnei hei kona mai. Oh!